welcome to TA1, everything you wanted to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson, and uh, this is a rare opportunity with no co-hosts. They are downstairs with uh, Paulette, screaming while she rides and watches Olympics. Um, I do have a guard dog sitting at the at the door. Um her little dog that's turned into an eating machine, getting her two full, two full meals of uh, <clears throat> organic grain-fed beef and veggies and sweet potato tots, and also has decided she likes many, many handfuls of crunchies during the day. <clears throat> so she'll eat her full meal and then like, I'm still hungry, so... As long as she's being healthy, she can eat as much as she wants. Even though we didn't get a good hike in today because it's snowing the 2nd of April. Suck, suck, suck. But it's like right on the edge, just cold enough to be snowing instead of rain. But I would much rather have a little rain. So uh, what's new in the world? If you're listening to this on Wednesday... I am on my way to Minnesota for an interesting um, project. My friend Dean Torgensen, who I uh, do monster trucks with and some other projects, his uh, dad died, which is sad. And uh, to honor him, Dean um, is putting together a memorial video. So I'm doing a couple of uh, interviews here because... His dad spent a lot of time here uh, doing motor racing, running the speedway here in town and various things like that. And then heading for Minnesota, we're going to do some uh, more interviews and things like that, uh, video of uh, places where he grew up and stuff. So I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm not not uh, looking forward to the fact that Dean's dad died, but anyway, that's... Uh, will be my weekend so probably not as exciting as yours all the people that get to go out to race and play in the woods and run around and be muddy and dirty and have to have band-aids on and stuff so anyway we'll get this get this one going um it was quite quite fun talking to jody even though i kept being tempted to ask What's Nathan really like? I hopefully we uh, we talked mostly about her, and uh, it was very interesting. So, um, quite the lady, uh, and like sort of a rookie adventure racer. Well, for God's own, anyway. So, uh, that's it. Go fast, take chances. Hopefully, we don't have to shovel much more snow. And uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Jody, is that you? Hello. I just, <laughs> I just shutting the curtain. Oh. I'm gonna. I don't have my camera on. So, and I have to. Let's see. There, that's better. Better for me anyway. <laughs> ah. So, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yep. Right? Everything looks like it's working. <laughs> so, uh, how are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm a bit sleepy still. Uh, yeah, I suppose you had a 
an adventure, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, a pretty big adventure for me. So, okay, where to start on your adventure? Um, I guess, why did you decide you needed a multi-day adventure race <laughs> at this point? Um, well, yeah, I, well, I always thought I might do one sometime. Obviously, I've supported Nathan for, you know, 20 years plus and thought that it would be quite good to do one, but then it kind of just got on the back burner with kids, and probably about last year, I in April, I thought, oh, it would be quite fun to do a God's Own, maybe a, before I get too old. <laughs> and then I heard it was in Fiordland, I thought, yeah, that's me. A bit of a, a bit more of an um, epic adventure course, which it was. So, um, so apparently it took a little convincing to get Nathan to uh, agree to it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He was like, oh, no, why do you want to do one of those? <laughs> um, yeah, I think to start with he was quite keen, and then he thought, oh, no, no, I'm not keen. It took him quite a long time to um, come on board. I guess he felt like he was pretty done with adventure racing, and almost by me saying, you know, do you want to race, it's kind of opened the door again for him. He looks like he's going to do another two races this year now. <laughs> yeah, I so, saw something about that in his yeah. uh, report that uh, – at the end, he said, "Yeah, and he's still on the team." But <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Well, I, I guess it kind of, you know, he reached out to a few sponsors, and then uh, they uh, came on board, and that's part of, you know, he's got two more races to do with them this year now. But yeah, yeah, he took a bit of convincing, and he did very little training. In fact, the thing that was really funny when we started God's Own, he said to the team, "Well, I'm pretty underdone on training, so I think I might use the first three days of the race to as part of the training for this race." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so here's here's my favorite part. I tell you, ask you to tell me about the race, so I don't have to talk. Yeah. So tell tell everybody about the race, and don't leave out any of the gory details. Okay, well, yeah, the Fiordland race, uh, I mean, it went really well for us. Um, Nathan was totally in control on a number of levels, and one of them was just having a really relaxed culture, and he pretty much said to us, the first five days, we're pretty much just going to do our own thing, look after ourselves. The main thing is going to be um, good feet management, good communication, um, keep moving in a straight line, being efficient with time, and he said, after that, if we're feeling good, let's race. And that's pretty much what happened. We um, we just, the first couple of days was pretty funny. There's a lot of teams going really fast around us and kept passing us. But I think with the navigation, we would just get back ahead. Obviously, there was a couple of dark zones, which kind of got the teams back together. And then people were kayaking really hard out. And we were just cruising in our pack rafts. I think on the first kayak, Nathan said to me, whatever you do, you should be going easy or steady. Nothing harder. So I was just paddling along. And, um, yeah, you, you had to work really hard to get those pack rafts mm -hmm. going faster. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, really good navigation. We're pretty much aiming for that big trek on stage three, just being really solid, which we were. Probably what threw us was Dan ended up, he had a really big pack along with Nathan. There was a lot of gear. And he ended up with a bit of foot rot. So Nathan... Once Nathan saw it, he knew it immediately it was a bit of foot rot. So he managed, um, gave him some really good treatment. And But what that meant is we all, the other three of us, needed to load up with gear. So that wasn't part of my plan, to have a big pack <laughs> walking along that south coast trail. So that was pretty hard work. And I had to give Dan my poles. 
so that was a bit of hard work. And um, but we had a really good team morale. We had really good fun and lots of chatting and laughing. And as we were walking along there, and we got to our, we picked up our wetsuits again. Um, and Nathan said, "Oh, this is a really good chance to get a good sleep. We're halfway. You know, we've still got a lot of racing to, to go, so we would have had at least six hours sleep, maybe slightly more." We were just behind the dock, the dock hut with our tents up, but we had a mat, had nice mattresses in our tent, and um, we had a really good sleep. And the next day, when we got onto the bike stage five, I think we felt quite fresh because we'd um, had that big sleep, and we had a really good bike through the forest. It was pretty hard, um, and we started riding along the road. And we felt really good, and. and um, the rugby boys called us. I, I think they'd stopped somewhere. Anyway, they came flying past us, but we're going the same pace. <laughs> so we rode with them for a bit, and they said they were in fifth. Um, and a couple of them had quite bad sleep monster, so they stopped to sleep. And that was the first time Nathan said, okay, we're actually racing now. So that was day five, I think. He's like, we're racing now. We're going to try and keep that fifth place. There's a lot of teams that are going to try and, um, you know, chase us down. So we're going to... So we rode really hard over Borland Pass and we slept for an hour and a half in a little hut at the bottom. And then the next day we got up and rode over Percy Pass or walked our bikes up the hill. And um, Nathan and Dan worked really hard to get me over Percy Pass where it was quite a big um, bush carry, um, bike carry. So they kept coming back for my bike to help me here and there because it was pretty slow going. Um, then we kayaked. Uh, across the lake and started our last hike, which is probably where the wheels fell off a wee bit. I think we were, I, I guess we'd started to push the pace and we were actually really tired. We hadn't slept much and the navigation was still hard and the terrain was still really hard. And I think we were all just suffering because there wasn't any conversation anymore. <laughs> and we just suffered our way through that. Uh, we had one and a half hours sleep again. So the last two nights we only had, you know, an hour and a half both nights because we were trying to keep the pace on. And uh, that was really horrible sleep. We were freezing and woke up shivering and just had to get moving again. And we were just coming down to the kayak towards the, you know, last stage, um, which was which we were excited about. And uh, we caught Torpedo 7 and that, who were in fourth. And we thought, God, you know, we thought they were long gone. And um and so we had a wee rest and got some water and Nathan said, oh we're trying to protect fifth we're not trying to get fourth we don't really want to run out this last wee bit and paddle as hard as we can out that wasn't part of the plan so let's just let them go and so we're like yeah 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 that sounds good we'll just try and protect fifth and um so we kind of carried on just down at the pace we were going and uh, we call in and they're in the penalty box um to. Peter said, unfortunately, they had um, paddled down on the south coast when they weren't supposed to, which actually sounded like I'd quite like to have done <laughs> myself. Um, so we passed them in the penalty box, and um, I think their penalty was actually quite fair, given how much time they would have saved and how little, you know, some time off yeah. your feet. Um, and then, so, yeah, we paddled along and um, finished in fourth, which we were stoked with, Yeah. yeah. So that was that was an awesome finish to the week, and oh, we pretty much paddled along debriefing our our race. And by the time we finished, we're like, okay, all done, finished. <laughs> so, um, okay. Do you think well, that's, that's a that's a, that's a lot? I mean, I, I like you. You've told the story a few times, haven't you? Since it's the end of the race. <laughs> so, um, 
how big of an advantage do you think it was for you personally? Because you got all those, you know, what three dark zones in the first. So you get you actually got some sleep, right? Yeah, yeah, we got some sleep. Um, pro, um, it was probably not a massive advantage to us because we had a good steady pace. I think that the, but the, I think probably what it hurt the teams who were just trying to go um, too fast probably it probably affected them and just how tired they got. They were just pushing too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it did bring the race back together. We personally would have probably preferred not to have that because we kept seeing teams. Yeah. <laughs> we quite like being by ourselves. Yep, I, I hear that. I, in my day when I raced, it was nothing was better than when you were out there by yourself, right? Oh yeah, we totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, I'm struggling a little bit because I re- I really want to talk about you and your story, but do you think? This was hard. Which was harder for Nathan? Not racing hard like he does or racing with you? Um, I think that Nathan was happy to take on the challenge once the challenge was to get me through as fast as we could. Um, But I think, you know, and he was happy to do that once, but he definitely likes to race to win. I think um, that's what keeps him going and keeps him racing. Is to is the strategy to win. So he used the strategy, the same strategies to get us as fast uh, across the line as fast as he could. Yeah. But that was never. We were never trying to yeah. win. We weren't. Uh, yeah, it was a different yeah. speed. What do you think? Um, I mean, fourth was obviously a really good result. What do you think, you guys? What would you have said before the race would have been a, a successful finish? So. Just yeah. I'll stop that. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think a successful finish was um, we were pretty much not focused on results, although we thought that we could do top mm-hmm. ten. Um, uh, uh, what we wanted to concentrate on was just having a good experience out there. I mean, I was concentrating on finishing. <laughs> I was just a little bit worried that my body might not make it. I thought I'd be mentally okay, but, you know, my body's getting older and I've had niggles and I just wasn't sure if my body would be up to it. Um, Nathan was quite reassuring and just said, pretty much took off all the pressure and just said, look, we're just going to have a good time. We're going to get through as smart as as good, well as we can, and where we get is where we get. We were totally not worried about results. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's really cool. Um, is this a one-time thing for you? Yeah. yeah. So that's the first adventure race and only. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, well, see, I always want to have somebody, you know, everybody is, that races is like, well, I did my first race, and I loved it, and I was hooked, and, and I never get to talk to anybody. It's like, yep, I did a race, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I did a few 24-hour races with Nathan years ago, but I kind of feel we do lots of family adventures and there's plenty of adventures to be had and it's such a commitment to train that hard and it's such a juggle with the family. And, you know, I really enjoyed having that one race with Nathan. I mean, he won't race with me again. <laughs> I've already been bumped from the team. I told him I've retired, so he can't bump yeah. me off the team. <laughs> um, which... Which is which is harder for, um, let's say, logistical, um, you know, a five day adventure race or five day adventure with the family? Um, 
Well, different, I guess, because this, uh, the adventure race, I pretty much just needed to look after myself and, um, and get some help along the way. Whereas I guess with the family, you're kind of helping with the load, you're helping with the morale. So you kind of end up a bit more in the role that, you know, Nathan was doing. Uh, yeah. Um, which, which one of the kids is most like you and which one is most like Nathan and which, which one is the most trouble? Uh, well, I think our three kids are actually um, all quite different to us in a lot of ways. Um, at this stage, they're all quite cruisy and they're not as competitive. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they love adventures, but yeah, I don't know if any of them are, uh, you know, n- none of them have shown any interest in doing an adventure race as yet. <laughs> like a big long one. <laughs> well, neither had you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what was what was your background before? And you know, we don't want to say kids get in the way, but back in back in the day, what was your background? Well, um, so I guess my previous life, I I was a downhill mountain biker, so I did seven years as New Zealand champion, um, and then I worked in the outdoors my whole life. So I worked at Outward Bound and um, and small outdoor pursuit centre, sea kayak guiding. So my whole life has been in the outdoors. Um, obviously having um, kids for the last 15 years, but you know it doesn't take long before you're into adventures with them, but just at a different level. And um, so we've always, always had adventures throughout my whole life, really, since pro- probably I met Nathan, which was about 18. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, for the, we, don't, we won't have to go through the whole history because – Somebody somebody wrote a book about you guys. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and quite a good book, I may say. So um So all right, here's here's something people that interest me going back a ways. How do you become a downhill mountain biker? I mean I mountain bike I rode I mean I rode for years and years and years and it's like no, I'm not going downhill fast on a mountain bike. How do you how do you become one of those? Well, well, when I started, mountain biking was really new, and so um, you know the mountain bikes just made it to New Zealand. And I was at a school, and we had a bike, and we were riding. And obviously, I met Nathan, and we did it. I did a dual slalom and came second behind the woman who was national champion. And Nathan said to me, oh, you're actually really good at that. Oh, um, you should do the downhill. So we borrowed a bike, and I did the downhill. And I, so my first downhill race, I won and became national champion. <laughs> it was a different level to now. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, it's, but it still counts. <laughs> What's that? It still counts, even though maybe <laughs> you wouldn't go quite so fast. Well, you might go faster now with the with – the, uh, Oh, well, I can't even ride the courses now. No, you used to just bomb down the, um, you know, uh, ski field roads, and it was not so technical. Yeah, um, yeah it was fun times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see where I'm, I got. I got to think where I was going to go with my next question, and I forgot what it is. Um, so, what's what's a typical adventure for you and the kids? Um, 
Well, we've been focusing on orienteering lately because everybody can do their own, which is great. So the kids are all quite competent at um, orienteering. And you can go to – we're off to uh, the New Zealand Nationals in a couple of weeks and they will all race their age groups and we will too. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of – it's probably one sport where everybody can race and race in their own age group. Um, I guess once they get over to ten, over 10 years old, you get pretty independent – um, so it's been really good that to upskill and have everybody navigating. Uh, we've been doing a bit of whitewater kayaking lately with the kids. They've learnt, all learnt to roll and can kayak down basic grade two rivers. Um, we do, do a little bit of hiking, tramping with them overnights. Uh, we did a really cool mission last year where we um, went down the Hollyford and then walked around and came back on the Pike River with our um, kayaks. And walking, so that was cool. Huh. Yeah, so we did some big, pretty big missions yeah. that adults would do. Um, what is it? Was it natural for your kids, or have have they ever been like, no, I want to play video games? Which I'm, I'm a, <laughs> you know what I mean? Did, did yeah. you have to ever yeah. force them, or have, have they always been? Um, Open. I think it's always been our, it's always been our culture to get out and do things. Um, uh, we've always been quite, st- you know, we don't have a TV here. I mean, they can have some computer time or gadget time, but it's limited. Well, we're really big on making sure you play outside and that you're not so busy that you haven't got time for play and just connect with nature. I think that all of them love nature. Um, skiing's probably been the other thing we've. We spent three weeks in Japan skiing in, in uh, January. Yeah. So, yeah, they're all pretty good on the powder. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, I, I can see why, but, but it doesn't always happen that way, right? I mean, well, I have a good friend, you know, um, long-distance cyclists. They love it. They both have their whole lives. And when their son turned 13, he went, moved to Rhode Island to study cello. Yeah, so. yeah. I think I think one thing that's been is with with the outdoors is 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 there's no pressure to race or to be going fast. It's about enjoying the environment. Like the kids, as much as anything, like the camping and just the the hanging out. Um, but you're but you're right. I mean, we've got a couple of teenagers now, and they it's finding a balance between hanging out with their friends and doing some adventures with us. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Is it uh, going to be a sad day when one of them says, um, no, I'm I'm going to go hang out with my friends? <laughs> oh, we get that a little I... bit now, but um, gen- generally, um, yeah, I think they still enjoy the adventures. Um, yeah, it will be sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but eventually it'll get be easier. It'll, it'll just be the two of you. Just think of the adventures you can have then. Yeah, yeah. No, we've got lots of adventures still to do. So um, let's go back to the race just for a little bit. What? Um, how did it meet your expectations? Was it harder, easier? Were there things that you you just totally didn't expect or things that you kind of thought you knew about but that wasn't the way it was? Um, I think the race was probably... It was probably a bit more of an appreciation to what Nathan's been doing all these last years because I guess you just 
oh, yeah, you've just come in from an 18-hour bike ride and you're off on a 12-hour walk. It just becomes normal language. But actually when you're out there doing it, it's like this is actually really hard. This is a hard sport that you just keep going and going and going. Um, I thought that the sleep deprivation might be harder, but for some reason it seemed okay um, for me this the, during the week. Um, Nathan gave me a little iPod to listen to a couple of songs on one really sleepy moment, and that woke me up straight away. That was awesome. Um, yeah, but overall I think it just probably met my expectation of what I thought it might be like. <laughs> Well, yeah, you you have been around it a little bit, so you should have some ideas what's going on. Yeah, and yeah, probably the other thing was that I, you know, I'm reasonably efficient and fast at transitions and not wasting yeah. time. But yeah, Nathan's a whole nother level. I mean, I had to work so fast at transitions just to keep yeah. up. Um, so well, who are who are your other two teammates? So other two teammates are uh, workmates as well as good friends, um, Mark Raywood, who um, I worked at Outward Bound with, and um, he lives just down the road, and his kids are really good friends of our kids, so we've got a lot of um, shared life experiences together, which was really nice. Um, and Dan Moore is... Um, Another really good friend who works with us, who is a really strong, um, he won God's Own a couple of years ago with his Yeelands team, but because he was had a second child and was building a house, he decided to um, not race with them this year. So we convinced him that he didn't need to train so hard and he could race with us. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, um, maybe you guys are starting a whole new uh, category for God's Own of um, yeah. uh, uh, the untrained division. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I just. I mean, you know, with Dan, particularly on, you know, Dan and Nathan, it's experience that just counts for so much. I mean, you know, years and years. Yeah. They're never unfit. It's just that they're just not as fit and strong and ready to go and win. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That that win, you, that next level, you have to train so much harder. Yeah. So they just didn't have that. Um. So. So you got two really experienced expedition racers. Um, were there times when you had to ask them what you were, what was was happening or going on, where they may have just a, a, they knew what was happening and were just um, in that mode that on automatic, and you needed to ask mm. them what, yeah. what's up. So Max. <laughs> Yeah, well, Mark, is, although he hasn't won big expedition races, he'd done a few as well, and he was really good at keeping me in the loop as to what was happening as far as course-wise or different things. Obviously, there was a lot of communication in our team, so it was no problem to ask if there was any questions. Um, I quite often checked in with Nathan, um, oh, I've got a niggly knee, I'm not sure what's going on. He'd say, oh, it'll be all right. <laughs> oh, I've got a sore toe. <laughs> He's like, oh, it'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Do you, is it time to freak out if Nathan's like, uh, well, maybe we should look at that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the second time that Dan said about his feet that Nathan said, oh, I'm going to have a look at them. Oh. Yeah, so I guess if it's a repeat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I guess it's um, it's as much about clear communication as anything out there, isn't it? Making sure that you actually really – um, listen to each other and look after each other, and you can kind of brush things off. But I guess if it's a repeat something, then you might need to look at what you can do. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, 
So here's my my stock question for couples that race together. During the race, are you married or are you teammates? I think teammates. I don't think there's much. Oh, we had a few jokes that, you know, we'll have our intent and there'll be this romantic moment, but no, that didn't seem to happen. <laughs> no. Um, so, no. Sometime, yeah. sometime when you're at race, I have a, a very interesting story about a couple racing with a couple they didn't know very well and stickers and things going on in places where they shouldn't. I'm not going to say any more. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, so I, it's funny. I'll tell you someday. I like to have these. I like to have these chances to talk to people when nobody else knows yeah, what we're talking yeah. about. Um, so, what took you longer to recover, sleep or food? Sleep. I've definitely needed lots of sleep. Uh, it's interesting because it's it's about fifty fifty from people I've talked to. Whether mm. they sleep or 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 can't get enough to eat. Um, but, mm. um, so you you're you're part of the um, business, right? The, the juggernaut <laughs> for adventure racing. Uh, well, we, yeah, we've got our own business, so we run. Um, three races the smaller ones a woman's adventure race called the spring challenge which is a three hour six hour or nine hour challenge um so obviously that's open the course is open for 24 hours but yes it was great actually to be at god's own and not be organizing the event and thinking you know as event organizers how much work's involved um seeing the other side so what's what's your role in the I'm guessing you're the one that gets everything done, but <laughs> specifically, what do you what do you um, do with? Oh yeah, my my role in the company, I do quite a lot of the um, communication with the, particularly like in the girls' race with the girls, um, you know, answering emails and just getting things prepared, like you know the marquees and the meal and the logistics. Nathan's kind of on the course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, we've got quite a big team that support us once the event. Um, is obviously underway, but I'm generally start finish line. So again, communication and you know that whole side of things. Whereas Nathan, which is his main people, are Mark and Dan, are course and safety. Yeah. Um, do you ever have to rein him in a little bit on the course that he's designing? Oh, he's pretty good actually at um, figuring out what kind of course works for people. He knows, and I think one thing he really doesn't like is when you know courses are specifically set out to be too tough or too hard. I mean, he really likes them to have those magical moments and achievable. Yeah, I, I could I could see that. So, um, what are you guys going to do when he does retire? When if ever. Finally. <laughs> well, see, I, think, I think that's the thing that why he always keeps coming back because you don't, it's not like if you're a professional rugby mm-hmm. player and you just can't, you can't come back. It's it's his lifestyle. So it's really easy for him to do another race um, because he always, I mean, he loves doing exercise. He loves, yeah. you know, keeping fit and healthy and it's it's part of his life. So I don't think that will ever change. That, you know, I don't know if he'll keep, he won't, 
always be able to go into an adventure race trying to yeah. win. And I think that is when it will change. But that, you know, he's got so much experience that even though he's getting older, um, you know, it takes a long time for a team to to build that experience and be able to go go for the win. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm I, I'm going to apologize a little bit because we're getting into a little bit of the Nathan podcast, but. Um, do you think he will keep racing when he can't win? Like, like maybe like so. what you guys did now, just because it's kind of fun. Yeah, no, I think he needs a good reason to okay. do that. I think he preferred to just go and do an adventure with friends where you have more time to celebrate those magical moments. Like this is so beautiful. Let's just sit uh, here. <laughs> I, you know, that's a very good point, um, which I learned. It took me a long time to learn. It's like, you know, you can just go out and be in the woods. <laughs> you don't yeah. have to be trading. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. all right. I just got one or two more things because I think it's the middle of the day for you. You probably still have work to do. Yeah. And it's, uh, what is it? It's 630 at night here and I still have a dog to take for a hike, but um all right I, okay one last question and i hate to say it but it'll be about nathan but what's the biggest misconception that people have about him and i and i have an answer can i tell you mine okay. his sense of humor i before i knew him very well i'm, I'm kind of like oh big scary guy and then when you get to know him he's like pretty funny <laughs> yeah 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 he probably comes across i don't i don't really know that what side people see of him but i think you're probably right they probably see a really competitive um full-on guy but actually what keeps him going and even with any of his teams keeps him going is just keeping some humor going and keeping it relaxed and funny and um that's what actually brings out the best in nathan as opposed to there's a time to be serious and race hard but you know I mean, the races are so long. You need to keep you need to keep fun and humor in there. So, and he's really good at yeah. that. And that kind of sounds like a good recipe for a good marriage. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. He likes the yeah. I'm probably the more serious one. He likes to keep things light and funny. Uh, oh, okay. I lied again. Last maybe last question. Who's the discipline? Who does the discipline in the family? I would say that I do the um, most of it, the twenty four seven. But he'll um, he'll do the really hard stuff. Uh, so, um, oh, I think I think I'm exhausted from listening to you talk about the race. <laughs> so, um, so when are your races coming up? So, because you guys are going to winter, so. So we'll organise Spring Challenge, which is in September. So we've got um, entries opening for that next month, and that'll keep us busy for a while, getting that organised. Um, so we had last year we had 1,800 women wow. racing in um, the South Island. But, um, That's amazing. <laughs> so it's a lot of women. That's yeah. just amazing. Uh, so, um, yeah. Okay. Maybe final last question. Final, final last question. So Nathan traded three weeks of skiing in for doing the race. What do you want to do when he wants to? What's your um, cost when he wants to do something weird, strange? Where do you want to go? 
Oh, I mean, Nathan's always really good at making family time, and I guess his concern about me racing was that we were going to be too race-focused over the holidays, so he put in that we needed to do... Yeah, he really wanted to go to Japan for years, and I wanted to get ahead financially and do something sensible, but, you know, he decided that that was his catch, that he'd go to Japan, and then he could race God's own. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a pretty fair trade. So I dragged myself over yeah. here. <laughs> you, you, you suffered through it, right? Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Well, great. I, I, I'm glad we got a chance to talk. I I, I think we. I was introduced to you at some point along the way, but but you know how it is during races. Things are a little hectic, so glad we, yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah. Glad we had a chance to uh, chat a little bit. Yeah, okay. Thank well, you. Well, thanks. That was very enjoyable. All right. Okay, cheers. Bye. Good luck with whatever you're up to. Bye. Don't need permission. Make my decision to test my limits. Cause it's my business. God is my witness. Stop what I finished. Don't need no holder, taking control of this kind of moment. I'm locked and loaded, completely focused. My mind is open. All oh, that you got, gonna skin on my neck. Don't you stop, boy. Something about you makes me feel like a dangerous woman. Something about I'm bulletproofing, know what I'm doing The way we're moving, like introducing us to a new thing I wanna save them, save it for later The taste of flavor, cause I'm a taker Cause I'm a giver, it's only nature I live for danger All that you got, skin to skin Oh my God, don't you stop Something about
Something that you've got.